Hi, welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Today, I'm joined again by my trusty co-host, Christian Yu. If you guys have been following the podcast, you guys are pretty familiar with Christian now. Um, But for those who are joining us that are new, Christian is a PhD student in microbiology at UMMC. Today, our Bible study reading takes us to a very familiar story. We're moving into Genesis chapter 4, and that story concerns Cain and Abel. Now, most people are familiar with the tale of Cain and Abel. I think even most people who aren't Christians are familiar with this story. In fact, my children like watching a show called The Great American Bible Challenge. In that show, there was a trivia question asking who the first murderer in the Bible was. The answer, of course, is Cain, and that is usually the emphasis of the story. But what if I told you that like the previous podcasts, there is a principle that is shown in this story, and it has nothing to do with murder or envy. Also, the Lord himself re-emphasized the same principle in John chapter 4. And that principle, which we are covering today, concerns how to worship God. Before we start today's reading, I want to give everyone a little recap concerning what has happened so far. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God created everything, specifically man, and he placed man in front of the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God's only request was that man would not take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. However, through the serpent's craftiness, man unfortunately took the wrong tree and man fell. The punishment for taking the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was death. Therefore, when God came to man's surprise, God did not condemn them to death. Rather, God came and preached the gospel. In fact, in Genesis 3.21, It says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. We will get more into this verse later in the podcast. God's heart toward man was full of love and reconciliation. Man, in fact, was so relieved that he actually named his wife Eve, which meant living. Now, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. And this is where we want to start our Bible study reading today. I'm going to actually start with some of these verses, Christian. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, and then Genesis chapter 4, 3 through 5. Um, And after we read these verses, let's just fellowship a little bit concerning what is going on. Okay, so this is Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. And Jehovah God made coats of skin for Adam and for his wife and clothed them. Then here in Genesis 4, 3, It says, and in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to Jehovah from the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought an offering from the firstlings of his flock, that is, from their fat portions. 
and Jehovah had regard for Abel and for his offering. Genesis 4-5. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. Christian, do you mind telling us what's going on over here? Right. We're, we have to uh, read between the lines a little bit here. So last week we talked about God's um, very tender, um, concerned heart towards man after the fall. And what did he do? He clothed them with animal skins. Mm-hmm. Well, these animal skins probably didn't appear from thin air. Right. An animal was sacrificed. So this uh, was God's preaching of the gospel to man, first preaching, and, and how to be reconciled. And Abel picked up on this. Abel's offering to God was an animal, a firstling uh, from his flock, uh, while Cain's offering was uh, something uh, from the field, something that grew out of the ground. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I like what you said there. There's this principle of first mention when we read the Bible, right? So when God did this, like you said, it wasn't like he made this skin appear out of nowhere. He had to sacrifice an animal. I think this really impressed Adam and Eve. They were impressed that they didn't have to die because God offered an animal on their behalf to clothe them. And like you said, this matter of offering was probably preached by Cain and Abel's mom and dad. The whole story of, you know, son, we were in trouble. We were about to die. But God came and had mercy. He offered a sacrifice for us to live. And this probably impressed Cain and Abel because they offered things to Jehovah. But like you said, and we read in this portion, Jehovah had regard for Abel's offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. Right. So so why is that? Why did God have a regard for Abel's offering, uh, but not for Cain's offering? Didn't Cain work hard to till the ground? Uh, he probably worked very hard. To, you know to grow those plants those crops but however God did have a preference here God regarded Abel's offering and as we pointed out this was in line with what God had shown behind the scenes to Adam and to Eve this matter of their salvation so the point here is that uh, God had a preference in how he wanted these offerings to be given to him. Hmm. You know, obviously, you know, Christian, today we don't do quote-unquote offerings, right? I'm not going around raising sheep and slaughtering sheep or, or things of that nature. But what we do do as Christians is we worship God. And in a sense, when we make an offering to God, we are worshiping God. And I, I, I like what you said, you know, many times in our worship of God uh, or in our Christian life, really, we're very me focused. You know, I want to be satisfied. I want to do it like this. But very seldomly do we actually stop and realize that the goal of worship is to please God. That's right. Uh, and as we've mentioned, God has a preference in how he wants to be worshiped how he wants to receive these offerings. Just as an example, uh, maybe I really like hamburgers, but you go out and you prepare a really nice 
lasagna for me. You went through all the effort to cook and prepare and bake. You present this nice lasagna to me, but I don't like it. So it's not that there wasn't the effort made, but if you know if the person doesn't like it, then you know it doesn't please them. Wow, Christian, that's a really good point. You know, sometimes I think that is how we worship God as well. You know, we think God would like this, we think God would like that, because we like that in this, or we have a concept. But really, you know, many times what we need is we need to spend time with God. Yes. Yeah. How do you know what God likes unless you spend time with God? How do you know what satisfies God unless you spend time in His Word? Unless you ask God Himself, Lord, what do you like? Or how do you want to be worshipped? Right. This is just like any of our human relationships. How do you know um, what someone likes or doesn't like? You have to spend time with them. In the same way, uh, we can spend time and get to know God, like you said, through His Word, uh, through the other believers. This is how we get to know God. Wow, Christian, that's wonderful. You know, now, Christian, what we really want to do is tie this principle to John chapter 4 concerning what the Lord himself says concerning worship. I'm going to read some of these verses and then let's fellowship because it's impressive that the Lord in John chapter 4 is essentially re-emphasizing the matter of proper worship to God that was seen in Genesis chapter 4. John chapter 4, 22 through 24. You worship that which you do not know, but an hour is coming, and it is now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truthfulness. For the Father also seeks such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truthfulness. Christian, what is what can we glean from these verses here concerning worshiping God? Yes, so... John 4.24, really, this verse says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truthfulness. So let's talk about what is our spirit. What is, uh, actually, we have a human spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and we can see that in a verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Could you talk more about what our human spirit is? Yeah, of course, Christian. You know, based on that spirit, uh, that verse, sorry, you realize that we have a body and a soul and a spirit. And each one of our three parts has a function. So our body contacts the world, you know, our eating, our drinking, our touch. Our soul contacts, would you, we'd say our psychological realm, right? We can think. Right? We can have a will, we want to do something, we can have emotions, Right, we love something, we hate something, we envy. That's all in the psychological soul realm. Uh, but our spirit actually has a function, and that function is to contact God. That little organ is there to contact, to communicate, to speak with God, to spend time with God. And that essentially, based on John chapter 4, that is what the Father is seeking. The Father is looking for ones to worship Him according to this way. 
Right. Uh, this is just in line with um, the Lord's conversation with the Samaritan woman uh, throughout this chapter. He tells the woman that she needs to come to him mm -hmm. and to drink of the living water. In this way, this is the, the real worship that she could render to the Father by uh, using her spirit to contact God and to receive God into her. Yeah, that's so good. And again, you know, this all ties back to Genesis. You know, Genesis 4 shows us that it's not about effort. Cain made a lot of effort to get those, you know, it's not easy to grow fruit. All right, I can't grow, my garden is pitiful, you know, and I have a medical degree and I can't even raise a garden. It really boils down to, is God satisfied? And so to know if God is satisfied, you have to spend time with God. You have to make time to spend time with God because that time is where you know what God likes, what God wants. And once we know what God wants, we know how to worship God. We know how to, um, to satisfy God. Because again, we want to point out, you know, the main goal of worship is, is God satisfied? It's not about us. I mean, don't get me wrong. We are satisfied when we worship God. But it really boils down to when we worship God, is God himself satisfied? Did we worship God according to his way and not just according to our own preference? Right. And through John chapter 4, and even Genesis 2, we, can, we have seen that God is satisfied when he is able to give himself as the divine life to man. This is so satisfying to God. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's what we need, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, I, I, I just appreciate these times so much. You know, going over um, these verses, seeing the the deeper meanings, right, concerning, like who would have thought that the story of Cain and Abel is a matter of worshiping God? And also that, you know, to worship God means that God wants to be satisfied. And to see that even in John chapter 4, the Lord tells the Samaritan woman and emphasizes there is a way to worship the Father. And the, the fact that the Father is even seeking such ones the Father wants such ones to worship Him. When I read these verses, I can I always feel like I need to introspect, right? Like, oh, I need to check myself. Am I worshiping God in my spirit? Am I doing it the right way? But, you know, it can get us stuck in our Christian life. What we should really do is come to the Lord in our time with Him and ask Him, Lord, teach me how to worship You so that You are satisfied. It's another wonderful podcast, Christian. Uh, I hope everyone continues to enjoy this podcast. Uh, and again, please share, subscribe. We need more positive speaking uh, in, the, in the airwaves than all the, the worldly stuff that's distracting us. Uh, again, thanks, Christian, for your time. Thanks for having me.